welcome. You're listening to Mind to Mind podcast with your host, Dr. Kike Murunkeji, PhD. I'll be using this platform to provide valuable content from my independent research as well as contributions from guest speakers. We'll discuss career, finances, relationships, and life in general. So stay tuned. You are listening to Podcast 6. Yes, Podcast 6. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This week, I'm going to continue with the series on the Woke Person's Guide to Wealth Creation. We're now on Rule 2, which is minor deeds that can do major damage. That is, minor deeds that can do major damage. As stated on my previous podcast, The reason for this series is that I believe that before you can start to create wealth, you must understand who you are as a person for a basis for managing this wealth. Through this series, I hope that you will be challenged, inspired, motivated, encouraged and informed so that you have the tools to help you on your wealth creation journey. Before I begin... Here's a bit of light-hearted entertainment by Mickey Flanagan, a well-known British comedian. You can check out more of his hilarious clips on YouTube. Dinner parties now. We invite our friends around for the evening at dinner parties. But sometimes we treat ourselves to a restaurant. My wife's middle class. She loves the restaurant. She loves the ambiance. As always, I start off with a disclaimer. I am not a financial expert or advisor. Neither do I claim to be one. The examples I use are provided for general information purposes only to illustrate my point and their use 
do not constitute any advice of any sort, whether financial or otherwise. I found some data on how simple workplace blunders cost people at work. These stats were taken from Forbes website article titled Seven Things That Will Destroy Your Career by Travis Bradbury. Vital Smarts conducted a survey. 83% of people had seen someone make a blunder that had catastrophic results for their career, reputation or business. 69% admitted that they themselves had done something that had damaged their careers. 31% of the 69% said it cost them a promotion, a raise or even a job. 27% of the 69% said it damaged a working relationship, whilst 11% of the 69% said it destroyed their reputation. It's harsh, wouldn't you say? Paying the price for a small blunder? After all, we're only human. I agree that we all mess up due to the imperfections and inadequacies of being human. However, it doesn't change the fact that whilst we may get away with some errors of judgment, some are rather costly. These stats lead nicely to my talk on rule two, minor deeds that can do major damage. This is by no means an exhaustive list, as I'm sure that there are things that you can also add to it. Actually, I encourage you to grow this list as it should be a list that is unique to you. Moreover, your journey is very different from my journey, which is very different from the next person's journey. Minor deeds are habits that can hinder us from making progress in growing our wealth. These deeds affect you as long as you're human and is just as useful to the student as it is to an employee or an entrepreneur. Everybody are affected by small deeds. You know, we're all human after all. So here goes first on my list. Slow decision making. The trouble with slow decision making is that many people miss opportunities. Do you know someone that takes ever so long making up their mind about what drink to get? They try your patience. You feel like yelling, make up your mind, we haven't got all day. And literally, we haven't got all day. For experienced entrepreneurs, there's an intense hunger for success in whatever business they have set their hearts to, even though there are so many unknowns. All the experienced entrepreneur sees is the end, leaving the route or strategy to get there as the variable. To the novice entrepreneur, on the other hand, this sort of dilemma could lead to the inability to make a decision when overwhelmed with so many options. Therefore, the novice takes on so much too soon in the anticipation that the probability of having so many options could lead to a result. The chances of this working are slim, but not impossible. The drawback with such an approach is that the novice entrepreneur has limited resources and therefore has a higher chance of running out of capital even before the project has taken off. As entrepreneurs, our number one driver is always achieving success for our ventures and keeping them alive. A strategic way around such issues for a novice entrepreneur would be to clearly identify what the project is about 
and decide upon one or two key areas of the project or that would yield the best results for the project. Furthermore, in decision making, the faster you act, the better, as you have a chance of getting the best of that deal before the market becomes crowded and reduces what you could gain, or in some instances, you could gain nothing. Another factor is that the earlier you act, you have more time to recover from possible mistakes or you realise sooner that a strategy is not working and you can therefore quickly abort that strategy or try an alternative one. So clearly define the opportunities you would like to target so you are able to recognise them when they show up because show up, they will. The second D to consider is not following your gut instinct. Not following your gut instinct, that is your inner voice in making decisions, can be an opportunity lost or even catastrophic in some cases. Now I'm going to talk about the benefits of listening to your inner voice. So if you're not one for listening to your inner voice, hopefully this will convince you that you should listen to your inner voice. Ever heard the saying that knowledge is power in decision making? Ever thought about your intuitive senses which is not based on your five senses. Your intuitive sense is a little more than what you can smell, see, hear, touch and taste. It's more about a feeling. It could be a feeling of a knees or a gut-wrenching feeling in the pit of your stomach or a feeling of just knowing, not being able to explain in words why you're so convinced of something. So many wealth creators such as Gary Vaynerchuk, Bethany Frankel, Richard Branson, Steve Jobs to name a few have referred to using their gut instinct in making mega business decisions. In the middle of the 19th century, a major scientific breakthrough in understanding gut to brain interactions occurred with the discovery of the enteric nervous system. More recently, in a peer-reviewed paper Emran A. Mayer demonstrated the gut instincts actually come from the second brain, also known as the enteric nervous system. The enteric nervous system is made up of millions of neurons lying in the gastrointestinal tract, which make it possible to detect stress or excitement levels, regardless of whether or not you are consciously aware of them. The enteric nervous system receives both conscious and subconscious knowledge from the mind and transmits its own positive and negative responses via somatic markers, otherwise known as emotional chart sensations. This could occur physically in a person as butterflies in the stomach, breaking out into a sweat, tingling or clenching. Making decisions using your gut instinct can be quick and therefore it is very convenient using your intuitive senses for all your decisions. Caution is advised when using your gut instincts. As it should be noted, however, that there's some situations whereby intuitive senses are not ideal. For example, using your intuitive senses to try a new approach or a new idea works. What does not work is using your intuitive senses for more rational problems such as buying a new car, selecting software to rectify an IT problem. Here are some measures to consider when using your instincts. If you're not confident relying on your instincts, then start practicing using your intuitive senses on decisions that will not cause you to lose any sleep at night 
or that will not cause you to fall out of anyone. Over time, you will gradually be able to rely on your inner senses. Combine your intuitive senses with research or background work. So, for example, say you'd like to do business or invest in company A or B. However, you don't know which is better. Then research alongside using your instincts to determine if you have a good vibe about either company. Give yourself time to listen to your instincts, particularly when you're under pressure to make a decision. It could be a few minutes break, such as taking a quick walk around the block or a quick call to someone that is a positive influence in order to distract you or bring you down from your heightened state of panic or desperation. Do not forget about your prejudices, which every human has and often stems from the things you have heard around you or growing up that can creep in and influence your intuitive senses. Bear this in mind when making your instinctive decision. Evaluate your instinctive decisions carefully and ensure you eliminate or reduce any bias. The best combination of decision making is using your intuitive senses as well as your analytical mind. The third deed is wariness with family and friends. Being extremely secretive about your business or about starting on the journey of wealth creation is futile when you try to hide your efforts or ambitions from those close to you. It's not like you're doing something illicit or have something to hide. Rather be circumspect, measured in all you do. If you're concerned about how receptive those close to you are about your plans, then test the waters with people, whether it's, it is friends, family, acquaintances or strangers, in order to determine their level of engagement. Start off with a general matter around your thoughts, something non-committal, and you determine based on their responses whether to carry on with that conversation. Or maybe you're afraid that they may discourage you. If that's the case, find out what their concerns are and offer reassurance. If that doesn't work and they are still negative, then desist from discussing further with them. Any attempts they make to bring the subject up, politely refuse to discuss it and try to restrain yourself from being ensnared into arguments that are of no benefit to your business or ideas. It's not all doom and gloom. An advantage of letting your family or friends know about your business or wealth creation intentions is that they could be of support if you ever need it. A further advantage is that they could be your first clients or best advertisers or marketers. The fourth D to consider is not making goal setting a fundamental part of your ventures. Mm. Not setting goals is a recipe for disaster. How else will you measure your performance or even improve your business? In goal setting, you should set goals that will challenge you to greater heights. You can do this weekly, monthly and yearly. You may not always meet all your goals, which is acceptable. The goals not achieved should then be reviewed with a plan in place of how to achieve it next time or lesson learned on what could be done differently. Goals are a reference and reality check for every person business or organisation, as it indicates where you should be headed and it will force you to think of what you need to do to get there. The fifth deed is no need to negatively sell yourself, your business or your competitor's business.
There's no need to mock your business in front of others because it's only a small startup. What we fail to remember is that the giant oak tree came from an acorn or that Apple, the device company, started off in a garage. Furthermore, how you treat yourself is how others will treat you. So if you spit on your property, don't be offended when others spit on your property too. We teach people how to treat us. Inasmuch as you shouldn't talk down to yourself or your business, you shouldn't also talk down other people's business as it's just poor taste. Think about it. What value has it added to you? None. So you're better off using that time to develop and grow your own initiatives. Before I continue, I know you were gaining a lot of valuable content there because I was gaining a lot too myself. I'd like to take this time to thank you for listening and that when you're done listening, please go to my website, www.moneyideals.com for more material. There are some fantastic financial tools that will help you reduce your debt, help you manage your money so that you are more deliberate and intentional on what you spend your money on. Please also add your reviews of this podcast. And most importantly, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you. The next D to consider, which is D6 in my notes, is avoid social networking faux pas. Firstly, nearly everyone uses social media, including me. This is why I'd like to share mistakes you should avoid with social media. Don't spend all your time on social media, especially your business hours. An exception to this is if it's already part of your business, such as advertising on there, or say, for example, you're a motivational speaker and have an audience on a social media platform, then you probably need to engage from time to time as you deem fit. Don't overwhelm your audience with needless reminders, messages, or even deals. Just be strategic with the frequency of your promos, which comes from your knowledge of your audience. There are lots of analytics that you can use. Some social media sites have inbuilt analytics, which you should use, you know, to take advantage so that you know the audience and their needs. Remember that nothing ever seems to be deleted from social media. So be careful what you share, as that tweet you thought you shared with friends only could one day be made public and cause you a whole heap of embarrassment. I mean, you know that this has already happened to several public figures. I won't mention any names. The dreaded spelling errors, a.k.a. also known as typos. People on social media suddenly act like they have a PhD in English language. Just check and recheck your spellings before you send out a post. A good thing to do would be not to send out your post immediately, but wait half an hour and read it again before you post it. It's not bulletproof but it helps considerably. Don't treat social media like it's a shrinks office, like it's your counselling session. Some people in social media aren't very sympathetic to your problems and might even say negative things that might make you feel even worse. Therefore, don't overshare. Some people use social media as a platform to air their political views, Nothing wrong with that. Just identify yourself as a political contributor up front. 
so that you gain the right audience. Don't piggyback off a business or venture and then use that to send messages with political overtones as that could be offensive to an audience that is not interested. Social media has a lot of negativity that is spewed out by some users. So bear this in mind if you feel a comment or contribution you made receive visceral remarks. Remember that you can always block or report such users. You have the power and the choice to deal with situations like these should they arise. Mixing up your personal and business accounts can be highly embarrassing. By sending the wrong tweet, you may offend your clients or potential clients. Social media users tend to be emboldened behind their devices and therefore act as judge, jury and executor. Therefore, do not let their harsh or negative comments phase you. Instead, do the needful, block or report such users. The seventh deed to consider is adhere to your business working hours. This applies to you if you're self-employed or manage your own time as it is so easy to get carried away doing things that might not be related to your business. Have a structure in place for your business and adhere to it. If you're not organised, get help. There's so much out there to help you work more efficiently and effectively. The eighth deed to consider is business and other sentiment. Don't get caught up in your feelings. And please do not confuse your intuitive senses with your emotions. For example, say you wake up in a bad mood, which has nothing to do with your intuition. You just have to find a way to motivate yourself until the storm has passed and your heavy mood is lifted. You need to train yourself on how not to make decisions based on emotions. In business or wealth creation, emotions don't work well because it makes you do whatever is required to fix your hurt feelings at the expense of your business. And finally, at last, we have reached the end with the ninth deed to consider, which is talk is cheap, take action. In the moment, it's so easy to say you can do more than you can actually afford or are capable of doing. By all means, avoid taking on more than you can handle. If you feel you should be doing more, then go and get the training or skills you require. But don't promise you can do something when you know you don't have the skills or tools to accomplish it. If you fail at it, it makes you and your business look bad. You also lose face and integrity before your clients or potential clients. You're better off under-promising and over-delivering as this grows your business and reputation the right way. Now I'll wrap things up by briefly going over the points I made. So, firstly, clearly define the opportunities you would like to target so that you're able to recognise them when they show up. Make up your mind quicker. Learn how to do that. Learn to follow your gut instinct. Openness and awareness with family and friends. Is essential. Make goal setting a fundamental part of your ventures. No need to negatively sell yourself, business or your competitor's business. Avoid social networking blunders. Adhere to your business working hours. 
Don't let your emotions get entangled with your business. Lose the talk and take action instead. That's it, everyone. I have shared all I have on minor deeds that can do major damage. Anything I left out? Well, feel free to share more in your reviews. Thank you for listening. Again, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate that you took the time to listen all the way to the end. I'm working hard to bring you relevant, unique and valuable content. Please help me by supporting this podcast. The ways you can do this are by sharing and writing reviews. Thank you ever so much for your support. Listen out for a continuation of this series as I'll be discussing rule three. How exciting! Before I go, thanks again for tuning in. To reach out, go to contact us on www.moneyideals.com. Don't forget to join me again next week Wednesday at 1pm.